You're listening to She Likes to Go Slow, a podcast where we encourage people to slow down and listen. And just a little preface to this one, I'm Rochelle, your host, and I'm going through kind of a little situation now where I uh, found out I had colon cancer. I had no symptoms or pain, but I happened to do one of those home kits, which I encourage everyone to do, and I can't say enough how important it is to do that. Or if you're 45 or older, get a colonoscopy, because this home test might have literally saved my life. They did find some cancer. I had surgery, had it removed, and it was an early stage, so it looks like we may have gotten it, and if I'm lucky, it's a one-and-done thing. So... Please get the home test kits. The fit test or the Cologuard test could really save your life. We're going to visit today with Jonathan Nato, who I happened to meet up with on a Zoom last week because my film Violin Scratches was chosen by his festival, the Tornado Music and Film Fest. And uh, it's T-O-U-R-N-A-D-E-A-U. And we're going to talk with him. We kind of jump right into this one talking about the metal throat singing band, The Who, H-U. So... Yeah, no, thanks for, you know, catching up with me again. I appreciate it. Your the mixes you get, I, I couldn't explain it. Well, I, I suck at type. I hate typing. Like type, <laughs> but the mix that you got on the that the throat band, I don't yeah. know how, I don't know how many mics you had, but man, the separation you had with what you had to deal with, the acoustic, like with all those instruments, I was like, that's a good mix. I was like, man. I, now I was like, now I see why she's like, you're not touching my board, dude. Like, <laughs> Cause I, you, I was like, she got her stuff down. Like that was a tight mix. Like I was so impressed. Like, well, thanks. Thanks so much for that. We're talking about the band, the who H U and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. When, when they performed in studio, I couldn't really tell what all was going on with who until I played it back and watched the video. I'm like, Oh, this dude just totally changed into a completely different voice. And now this guy's playing lead when the other person yeah. just got done with the lead. So I was able to remix it, make all that stuff match with what you were, you know, what was going on. So oh, I was just like, I couldn't believe how I was like, cause I'm assuming, you know, these guys come in and you're on the fly. Just kind of like, Whoa, okay. Yo, you know, like, <laughs> so it's like, man, like, that's why I was like, so impressed. Cause like I said, you, you don't know kind of what you're, I mean, to an extent, you know, what you're dealing with before they come in, but I, I, I did you know they're going to come in with what they had or with what they did? Like, were you expecting I, that? I really didn't know. They said they were coming in with cellos, but these were like really bizarre custom made cellos that were like horses' heads, really artistic hand carved. Well, I know it, it, it sounded yeah. so like you. I was hard for honestly, I was like, what the heck are they playing? It was yeah. like, like I knew it was like string instrument, but I was like, I don't even know what that sounds like. Like, yeah. You know, so they the, were electric cellos. I'm like, I've mic cellos before. This is not any cello I've ever dealt with. So yeah. that was pretty cool. <laughs> but again, just like the separation was the word I wanted to use though. Cause like you could just hear everything so clearly, but nothing, there's no like crosstalk in a sense. It was just like, wow. Like from left to right in my earphones, I was just like, that's such a good mix. But, and the well, other stuff was- the other stuff was just as good, but, but like when I heard that, I knew there was so much going on. I was just yeah. like, I was like, that's impressive. Like, <laughs> you know, like other people might not realize it, but I like, I realized what's going on. And I was just like, man, that's, that's a, that's a piece of art right there. No, I appreciate that. And that session stands because nobody could speak English. They were from Mongolia. So they had wow. a, an interpreter. No kidding. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's noises coming out of these instruments that sound like horses. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know because when I'm just listening to the sounds and then afterwards I'm just like what was it like to mix this <laughs> I'm listening to it I'm just like it's such a great job because like again I was like I don't even know what I'm listening to like <laughs> so like I could imagine like what sort of like I just assumed they were sort of uh 
cultural, you know, cultural instruments or, you know, whatever, like just yeah, yeah. something I never heard before, you know, but it just, it all sounded really cool. But I was just, again, the separation, just the, and the levels of everything. I don't know. Again, I'm sorry. I just keep going on about it. No, I, no problem. I apologize. And, and <laughs> let me back up because we've, we've started recording and we are, we're doing our podcast. She likes to go slow and I'm talking <laughs> Jonathan Nadeau. Is that how I say your name? Uh, yeah, I guess so properly. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> And we had a chat last week, which I wish I had recorded, but it didn't work out that I did. So thankfully, we we're able to speak again. And I appreciate you having time to do that. So we were visiting with each other. What started off to be kind of a Zoom interview with me became me interviewing you. And I'm like, let's do that again, but record it. So yeah, well, hey, you know what? It, that, I look at it as the other one didn't get recorded on purpose. And this is going to be the right one. So exactly. You know, <laughs> so there we go. Um, yeah, but I mean, I. Uh, you wanted me to come uh, it was funny because you mentioned the uh the interview and kind of like halfway through me talking to you and you're like oh hey i'm recording this by the way can i use it as a podcast i was like yeah oh, yeah sure <laughs> I was like, it kind of caught me off guard but i was like yeah why not like I, I don't care either way you know but um yeah but then zoom let me down as it has before so hopefully <laughs> knock on wood this will be the time yeah that it works out no exactly um, I, I have one other comment i, I have to gush about you uh, again you're an awesome interviewer. I watched the interview you did with um, uh, uh, Mary Lambert. Oh, and yeah. You, he, here's the mark of a great interviewer. I think you asked like five questions. <laughs> maybe. You, you, maybe it was four. But you just know the right questions to ask. Like, I feel like you just know the right question to ask to the right person. And you can get them to be comfortable, open up and talk. And that's a great interviewer. I super appreciate that. And I hope I can use that if I need to on a future uh, resume. <laughs> oh, please do. Cause it, it, it's, it, it, that's the sign of a great interviewer because the people listening want to hear the other person, right? They don't want to hear. Yeah. I mean, not that they don't want to hear you cause they like, they love you and want to listen to you, but you're have on the guests because you want them to talk. And now you, you just, I only listened to that one interview, but I was like, that was amazing. But, you know, well, and- I appreciate that. I try to get better and listen to other interviews because there's times I hear other people interview people and they're like, so you've been on tour for eight months. You've got five albums and you just got married. And I'm like, so what's left of the interview? You're, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like we said before, too, it's like the people interviewing the other person. Maybe it's about a book. I won't say what interview I'm referring to, but <laughs> you can tell the person interviewing is like they did. They didn't even crack the book open, right? And it's like that's embarrassing because like the guys in the at the other end or whatever can tell you haven't read the book. And yeah. so I don't know. It's just that's that's just wrong too. You know. Well, you know, and I get a lot of interview requests. I got one today for a book that I actually own from uh, a long time ago called "Steal This Art," and it's a cool kind of journal book you can put your artwork in Ooh. it was a gift to me years ago but they're doing a reissue of it and they're asking if I want to interview the author and I'm like can I have a copy of the book like <laughs> exactly. I am not gonna just blindly do that and sometimes they'll say no and I'm like then no interview I'm not gonna well, yeah. be that person yeah. yeah no that I mean that's that's awesome actually you know because and th- that sort of shows where they're coming from then too you know like yeah no that's setting us know. both up for a failure yeah. there's just yeah. no reason to do yeah. that no you're right absolutely well, let's go back to who you are oh, okay. and, and what, what you're all about. Um, please let us know a little bit about your history and the music and film fest you've got going on. Yeah, I guess I'll try to condense it like I did with the uh, the letter that I sent out, you know, to you. That's how we sure. hooked up. But you, you submitted a film to my film fest. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I'm 43 right now and I got in a car accident at the age of 14. 
And when I got in that car accident, I lost my sight. The day I got in that car accident, I was going to get my first guitar lesson. And, uh, you know, life went another way that, that particular day. But I, I went on to learn how to play guitar after I got out of the hospital. The, there's a lot of interesting kind of aspects to this story. And I'll, I'll, but the person I was with was my cousin and his friend. Mm-hmm. And his friend was the first day I, was, I met that person. And he was going to be the one giving me the guitar lesson. Uh-huh. And he was the one driving the car in the car accident. Oh. And so... We went on to be very good friends and we're still very good friends. He taught me how to play guitar and I was actually in quite a few, quite a few bands with him at first. And so, you know, we still talk and everything, but a year after my car accident, my dad passed away. And then two mm-hmm. years after that, my mother passed away with, to cancer. So in four years, I lost my sight in both my parents and I had just graduated high school, basically. That is huge. And it reminds me to ask you about, what is it called? There's a, there's a term for it when you have multiple trauma, um, something like complex trauma. There's some term for it that mm-hmm. when you get like three things going on at one time, mm. how much it kicks your butt, because it's mm. really hard to get through one of those. But when you start getting multiple cases of it, it's really intense. Mm. I- it is. I, I don't know, you know, pe- uh, well, one, one thing I know is how I got through it. Like those first kind of four years was playing guitar, like, mm-hmm. which we'll get to eventually the nonprofit and that'll all come full circle, but playing guitar unknowingly was a, a tool, a therapeutic tool that was helping me maneuver through life at that time. And when I look back at it, I realized that was sort of a key to, to sort of my, you know, not success, but, you know, getting, getting through, you know, stuff yeah. or whatever, you know, survival. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And so again, that, that'll bring us back to the nonprofit, but that that's what was kind of going on in that time. But, you know, when I got in the car accident, it was a, a very, you know, drastic sort of thing. I went from seeing, you know, completely 2020 vision or whatever to, I don't even see light. Like you could just mm. turn a light switch on a room up and down, up and down. I, I couldn't tell you if the light was on or off. And so it's just completely dark. So I have like zero like vision at all. And so, so in one day it was just like from one thing to another and waking up in the hospital, you know, I'm on a a lot of pain medications. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm blind already from the accident, but my head is so swollen. I had me, I had major head trauma. All I, from the, I got ejected out of a back windshield of a car and, and all I had was head trauma. I didn't break any bones below my neck. And so it was all head trauma. I was in the hospital for about the surgery for 18 hours and I was in the hospital for about a month and a half. But as I started kind of coming through, I'd be waking up and it's all dark and it, you know, had the hospital, you know, the ICU room has that smell that, you know, that, yeah, you know, and then I hear beeping and stuff and I can't see and I can hear a TV on. It's like Nick at night or something. And I'm Mm kind of like, what the heck is going on? And to make a long story short, I ended up finding out pretty quickly. I was going to, not see again, like right there in the hospital. And my mouth is wired shut. I can't talk. I have a halo on, you know, I can't see, I have a stomach tube in and the way no, I'm communicating through people by, by writing on a pad and paper, <laughs> not seeing some kind of like writing big letters right. and, uh, and talking that way, you know? And uh, the doctor's just like, yeah, sorry, we couldn't save what we thought we could save. You're never going to see again. And I mean, <sighs> hearing that right away, real, I mean, honestly, it obviously sucks because before my accident, I was the most active kid in the world. I played football, baseball, basketball. I was taking karate. Like 
all throughout the year. Like I'm riding my bike all throughout the place. You know, I, I lived in the time where the sun comes up and you're outside and you don't come home until the sun goes down, you know? And mm-hmm. so I was the most active kid. And then here I am that's like, okay, never going to see again. There goes all that stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, but because I was going to get the guitar lesson that day, that gave me sort of like the hope of like, you know what? There are blind guitarists though. And yeah. so once I get out of here, I'm going to just start playing guitar. So all the energy and everything I had into sports and all that, I just poured it into guitar and, and music and listen. And even like listening to music, like sitting down and just like really like you get this, like, I mean, listening to music, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And like, and then that's when I really started to appreciate music in that way. And so that's what kind of got me through those times. Yeah. Well, that scene you described in the hospital sounds nothing short of terrifying and reminds me of that song one by Metallica. Totally. I almost lived that. And it's, yeah, in a mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for real. And that, that is funny. You mentioned that song because when I could see, I can remember 1988, that, that video came out, yeah. that very song made me want to play guitar. I was like, I want to play guitar so bad, you know? And I was like, I don't know, 10 or something at that time, but until I didn't have the opportunity until I was 14 until that day. And then, you know, again, everything happened that way, but um, no, I, but to kind of come back to like having to deal with the trauma though, after a few days of being, you know, real, you know, hearing the, the news, I can't explain what it is or, or whatever, but something inside me just doesn't let me quit. And so I'm sitting here saying, okay, I can't see, but I mean, <laughs> The rest of me is like fully functioning for some reason. Like I can think clearly, I can move my arms and legs. I can like, I can do everything I used to do except see and, and talk currently because my mouth is wired shut, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm sitting there and going, well, I, you know, what am I going to do? I'm not going to sit around and cry about it. Like it's not going to bring back my sight. And so yeah. that's where I just made the decision. Like again, playing guitar. Like that's, I just said, I'm going to put everything I have into playing guitar. And then there we go. Well, these are great stories. And, you know, as we were talking last time, you and I were sort of exchanging different traumas we've been through and I'm mm. kind of battling with this colon cancer thing right mm-hmm. now um, and trying to look at positive things to look forward to. So you were real inspiring on that. You said something when I talked to you that last interview about how in a way you were kind of thankful that you couldn't see now because you learned to appreciate some stuff. Can you talk yeah. about that again? Yeah, I can. People think I'm, I'm sure people, your listeners are going to be like, this guy is crazy, but <laughs> I, I, being blind isn't obviously for everyone, but I've, I could see for 14 years, you know, perfectly again, I played sports and everything. I, I know the benefits of seeing and honestly, people that can see probably when I say this next thing are going to be shocked, but there are not benefits to seeing there are, there are not, there are cons to seeing. And I no longer have those cons. I have other cons, but I have other benefits that sighted people don't have. And I mean, one example is when you see someone, even from across the room, you're going to form some sort of opinion I don't want to say judgment, but an Mm -hmm. opinion of that person, like their dress, the way they're walking over to you. It could be a number of things. So you're already forming some sort of of an an opinion of this person or whatever. I can't do that until the person starts to talk to me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I really get to know the actual 
real true person without seeing them and having any preconceived things in my mind about them before I have a conversation. Right. And, and, and honestly, the, the, the perfect example is Love is Blind on Netflix. Have you watched that show? I haven't seen that. I'll check that out. Well, so here, here I'll just give you a quick yeah. you know, th- a minute synopsis or whatever. There's 10 like random men and women and they meet each other throughout the day. But the, the deal is they're trying to date one another, but they are, okay. they're, trying, they're trying to get a wife or a husband. That's mm-hmm. the end goal. But they're speaking to one another through this like blackened wall where they can't see one another. So they're communicating with each other with each other without ever knowing what they look like. And then once they decide to get married, that's when they reveal each other to themselves and they can finally see each other. Oh, that so, sounds great. So that that sort of example is like that's my interactions with everyone every day. Right. So I get to meet a lot of really cool people that maybe other people would never talk to for whatever reason. And I might find someone very annoying (laughs) that other people might not find annoying for different reasons. Uh So, you know, like I said, there's there's pros and cons, but I I have come to love my life and I wouldn't have it if it weren't for me getting in the car accident. So um, I, uh, I embrace, I embrace my blindness, I guess. took me a while to get there, but you know, I'm sure yeah. I'm not going to say I was like that when I, I mean, when I first got out of the hospital, I wore sunglasses all the time. I wanted no one to know that I was blind. I would hide my cane. I would fold it up and hide it up into the sleeve of my coat. And mm-hmm. I would just, I would do everything I could do to like hide that I was blind for quite a long time. And uh, then probably a few years after that, I finally stopped wearing sunglasses and I was comfortable with, you know, a cane and all that stuff. But I, I didn't want to accept it for a few years. I mean, even though, oh, was, yeah. even though I was like dealing with it, I, I was like not accepting it at the same time. Yeah, that's, that's an entire process. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Um, um, so what I like when I've read about your um, film fest is a little phrase you have that it's a nonprofit that helps people overcome trauma through creativity. Exactly. Um, so how do you do that with your film fest? Well, the film fest is to promote creativity. It's to show people I want, you know, the people within my town or surrounding towns or whatever to see independent. I'll, I'll preface it by saying this. I'm sorry for kind of cutting myself off. But <laughs> an example is I was talking to one person about the film fest and and they're like, well, how does that work? I'm like, oh, people submit their, you know, their films and we show them. And they're like, oh, and, and they, they made it sound like. um Oh, so it's like people with like their VHS tapes, you know, it's like they, <laughs> they made it sound something like that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It, it's I mean, sure. Could someone submit something like that? Yeah. But it's it's not like that at all. Like the, the, the films that get submitted are amazing. And, you know, I was like, imagine what films get submitted to, you know, Sundance. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm Sundance, but, you know, film independent films like that people yeah. submit to my festival and, and they're like, wow, really? And so. I've put a few trailers on Facebook and people are just like somewhat like an independent person did that. Like they're blown Mm -hmm. away by like what people are capable of doing. If you, you know, if you want to get something done, you're going to get it done. And so that's what I want to promote because like I said, back to me having guitar as a vehicle and, and using that as a, as a tool to overcome things. I unknowingly like playing guitar unknowingly 
that was my tool. So my thought process is if that worked for me, then it can work for someone else. So let's get a focus on the creativity because I believe every individual has an inkling of some form of creativity inside of them. So I want to find what that inkling is and drill down on it. And then they'll benefit from using or utilizing that inkling they have of creativity because there's a point in your life when you're just so frustrated, you're so angry, or you're so happy, or you're whatever, fill in the blank with any kind of emotion or even a, 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 an emotion you can't explain, because that's where art or creativity comes in, because you no longer need words. You can just extend yourself into that other thing and let yourself go. And that's what guitar did for me. And so that's what I want to do with Tornado. And again, the film festival is to, to promote, like, look at what all these people did around the world. People just like you made these films and you can do the same or maybe you want to start actually like videoing the, the films or doing the sound or writing a script or acting or you know it doesn't you know it could be a myriad of things or writing the music for a film like the whole point is is to get excited about creating something yeah let's make sure that people know how to get to your film fest because you have a different spelling on tornado yeah like yeah yeah so the the spelling is t-o-u-r and then it's my last name my last name is nato so it's spelled n-a-d-e-a-u so it's t-o-u-r-n-a-d-e-a-u and then if you just go to org, that's the nonprofit site but right at the top of the site it says like music and film festival click on that link and it'll bring you to another page. And then if you click on another link on that page, it'll bring you to like the, the actual submission site of the film festival. If they, you know, if they want to get to it kind of that way, that's the easiest way to get to it. Yeah. And what's your deadline on this film fest? Oh, I don't close until like uh, June 30th, I believe. So there's plenty of time for yeah, people to yeah. s- submit things. And uh, how many submissions have you gotten? Last I talked to you, it was quite a few. And, and still yeah, I'm, all, I'm very close to 450. Like, wow. Like, yeah. And that. And also, if you're going to submit, I want to let you know, I have a public um, coupon code that's 100% coupon code. So you can submit totally free. And so I don't want any money from anyone. I want you to submit your film. So yeah. do you, you know, feel like, like sharing that code? It was, it's a public, so it's right on the site, I believe. But if you oh, don't, I see. Yeah, but if you don't, because I, I believe you, I don't know if you use it or not, or if I sent you a specific code. I can't um, remember. Yeah, but it's Tornado Freedom. So it's just spelled like tornado, like, you know, I just said, and then the word freedom afterwards. So great. Um, I will make sure to post that so people can, can see it in a couple different places. Yeah. And I believe the T and the F are capitalized just so okay. you know, yeah, I, that might matter. Um, sure. But um, yeah, so I, that, that's sort of the purpose behind the, the festival though, but we're going to have some other really cool stuff going on um, at, at the festival too. Unfortunately, the music portion of it, I think, might be not there anymore, but mm. um, I have spoken with a few people, and we're going to have some really cool uh, cars that have been in movies and or TV shows. So that's going to be exciting. Um, so we're Yeah, think- and mention some of those shows they were from, because there were some pretty cool names from what I remember. Yeah, we have the, uh, we're going to have the Starsky and Hutch car, uh, American Graffiti, I'm like 90% sure we have um we have ghostbusters right exactly yeah well the ghostbusters car and three guys are to come you know dressed up with like proton packs and stuff and (laughs) you know so that's going to be fun um and then we also have the time machine from you know uh back to the future 
the, this time machine that we have is the actual one that was on the Jimmy Kimmel show, I think in 2015 with Michael J. Fox. Oh, wow. That one that was on the set, this is that very one. And what it, location is that taking place in? This, this is in Putnam, Connecticut. So, and it's going to be on August 27th of 2022. Great. So, and, that, and that's just a few. We have a couple of other cars, but we haven't like, but that just to give you an idea of what we're aiming at and what we're trying to do. Yeah. And the way you and I kind of met is you were asking me questions about Violin Scratches, the film exactly. that I heard about exactly. Gay- Galen Lee, who is um, writing right now the uh, soundtrack to the Macbeth showing that's happening on Broadway here in a few months. So wow. I'm so excited that she gets the chance to be shown there. Yeah. And I know I asked you last time, but I don't remember what you said. Are these films going to be also shown online or is it just a local Right now, it's just a local, but I'm, sure. I'm working on something to where if I end up doing this, they'll end up being online too. Okay. So um, doing that's not hard for me because of my technology kind of background. Yeah. So that me, me doing that part is easy. So I could literally be like a month away and be like, all right, I'll just do it now. So that, okay. that's, that's not a problem. Um, but as keep, us, I, keep us updated on that, because if you do, I'll make sure that we let everybody okay. know. No, yeah, I, I definitely will, because... I, I just have so many other kind of things up in the air right now. It's like, I, I know I don't need to worry about that sort of thing. So that's why it's not really on my, on my radar right now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the other things you have going on. So you, you've got a computer background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I, uh, <laughs> I have a funny, I think I told you this story, actually. It was my, in like around 1984, 1985, the, the Nintendo Entertainment System first came out. And of course, I'm begging my parents, like, oh, I want this, you know, Nintendo thing. And they talked to my uncle and my uncle at the time, he, we all live in Connecticut and he worked at the, the sub base that's in Connecticut. And at that time, there's a couple of nuclear submarines there. And he worked kind of on the computer side end of things with, with those subs. And so he told my parents, no, no, don't buy him that Nintendo thing. He's like, buy this computer. And so my parents go out and buy me this Commodore 64 in like 1985. I mean, it must've cost like, you know, a thousand dollars, like 1985, a thousand dollars money, you know? And, and my, my parent and I'm, I never expressed this to them, but I can remember feeling like, man, I asked for a Nintendo and you gave me this, you know, this computer, (laughs) but, Uh but that, that was the best thing ever because I got so familiar with computers at such a young age mm-hmm. it, it paid off in the end because it became extremely important for me, uh, you know, after I got in the car accident. So I, I, I got in the car accident at a, I guess if there's a good time to lose your sight, that was kind of the time to do it because yeah. the technology was just starting to come around. And so I've pretty much always had a talking computer ever since I couldn't see. So I've always had that on my side. And as, you know, the internet came and so on and so forth, more things have been made, you know, more and more accessible to me. So uh, the computer has played a pretty important role in my life for sure. And let's talk about your podcast that I love the title of Embrace Your Storm. <laughs> Thanks. Well, that's, that's actually like the tagline to Tornado is Embrace mm-hmm. Your Storm because the, the thought process behind that is, like I was saying, every individual has an inkling of, of creativity well, if you, if you take it a step further, so to speak, like uh, I'll put it in instrument terms only because that's my vehicle and that's my language. We have, you know, 13 notes that we've been given on, on you know, in, in, throughout the world, you know, every instrument has 13 notes. 
when you when you pick up a guitar, <clears throat> every guitarist has those 13 notes. Mm-hmm. But every guitar picking every musician picking up that guitar interprets those notes completely different. And that's why we have so much different sounding music. And I want to I want to encourage that creativity like Frank Zappa is the best person to point out. That sure. man, that man played exactly what he wanted to play. <laughs> yes. And you were either going to like it or you weren't. And if you liked it, great. And if you didn't, fine. There's other mm-hmm. music out there to listen to. And that and that's really the way he looked at it. And I want people to not be afraid of impressing, like trying to sound like something like you don't want to sound like Jimmy, you know, don't sound like Jimi Hendrix, because guess what? You're not him. You know, <laughs> right. you, you are you. And there's only going to be one of you. So sound like you when you play that instrument or, or or really when you do whatever it is that you're doing. Right. And so that's the thought process behind embracing your storm, because you have that thing inside of you that 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 just ugh, right. And you got to get it out. So it's embrace that thing and then channel it through, you know, whatever you got in your hand or whatever it is you're doing, dance it out or so on and so forth. Yeah, I like that idea, which applies to film, too, because there are some people locally who sometimes do a fun little film challenge, I guess, where they draw names and different teams will do a film in the style of a certain director, which is Mm, cool. mm. But also, you know, I'd like to see people really find out who they are as a director, because it's easy to want to copy everyone who's been successful and try exactly. it. Yeah, I know. But it's like, yeah. it's like, what's your, like, look, you know, Quentin Tarantino is kind of a good approach. Like yeah. no one had done a film like that. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly when, when, when he introduced that people were like, what? Uh-huh. You know, they were, like, never mind the content of the film, but it was just the structure of it. Yes. You know, and that blew everyone away. And so mm-hmm. you need to give people that freedom to do that, you know? And we live in that. That's the other exciting thing too. We live in that day and age where, Sure, when Pulp Fiction was out, you know, in the 90s, <clears throat> you had to kind of challenge the film studios or whatever to, to get something like that out there and to, for the public to see something like that. But now there's a kind of, you know, it's a little more decentralized, so to speak. And so now you could, you know, write or direct something the way you want it done, even though it's not conventional. But guess what? There might be other people out there that watch it and be like, wow, that was amazing. I mean, is it going to be a hundred million people? Maybe not. Is it going to be 10 million people? No, maybe not. But what if it was 10,000, 50,000? That's a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, if you have, you know, 10 or 50,000 people that love your work, guess what? You're in the position to probably do what you love and, and earn a living, you know, like that's the day and age we live in. And that's why I want to encourage, you know, creativity because you could also be freeing yourself from a job you hate. <laughs> you know? That's true. Or just, or just finding a new, new hobby. We were talking exactly. last time about um, maybe trying to pick up things, but as you get older, maybe you think you you're too old to learn something new. You were saying something about like maybe wanting to learn an instrument like a, a mandolin, but you weren't sure you could at this point. Well, only because I was left-handed. That was the part uh-huh. of it that I was saying was the challenge because I, I know I could learn something new because we were talking about, uh, we were kind of briefly talking about like, uh, you know, playing guitar yeah. and I stopped playing guitar for like 18 years. Wow. And I mean, not like completely stopped, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really wasn't effectively playing. And so uh, a friend asked me to join a band. And once I did, it like rekindled this tiny little spark of a fire that was in there, I guess. And I was just like, oh my, I missed I miss this, you know, I miss mm-hmm. playing like in a band and being creative and throwing around ideas and, you know, actually like playing guitar again for real. And, 
and that just kicked it up, you know, kicked it a whole new fire in me. And as I started practicing, I was, I, you know, kick myself back, man, I didn't, you know, practice for 18, I, you know, I should be so much better. But then I was like, you know what, I, I lost that time. You know, that's the funny thing about kind of like the past it's gone, like, forget it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you just gotta like cut your losses and keep moving. All you can deal with is the present. And so I had to finally come to ter- terms with it. And I was like, you know what, I can practice now. And then I read this book called Peak and it really pointed out the, the, the importance of practicing with a purpose. So once I started playing guitar, I would have a goal in mind. I'd be like, you know what? I want to be able to do this scale at this speed or whatever. And I'd start practicing towards that. And even if it was 15 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day, I wouldn't have to kill myself hours a day. But if I was intently practicing towards that goal, I got extremely better. And I now would say like, I'm a decent guitar player or whatever. Like before I never would have been like, oh, I'm good. But now I would, I would say, you know, Hey, I'm pretty good. I could hold my own or whatever, you know, and that's later in life. Yeah. And so I, and it just comes back to that drive when you, I think when the person finds that creative thing for them, it won't, nothing's going to stop them. Right. That, and you, that's the thing. you love the sound of mandolin. Hang on. Cause I think I might oh, have a guy. Me. <laughs> that, no, he might have his eye on a left-handed mandolin. So you and I keep in touch because I talked to, to him about this yesterday. And no, you didn't. A, I did. There's a chance. Oh my gosh. So we will keep in touch. I probably just have a few more minutes left of the Zoom because I have the unfortunate free kind. Um, But I I wanted to talk to you real quick about um, the uh, Eastern medicine singers that you would share. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what'd you want to ask? What'd you think of them first? I want to get your, Oh, really awesome. And you know, I I'm used to listening to a lot of like Lakota singing Mm, mm. and then some of the tribes from this side and i'd never really heard any music from east coast so that was really interesting there's definitely a difference i don't know anything about it but i know that the style and the words are different but it was very cool and very very powerful yeah just the dynamics of the drums they wait the way they use it and just that boom they could get it was just like oh if you're there probably like shakes your chest you know yeah and what was it you said about this particular tribe uh well this tribe the I, I, you know what? I'm not going to say the name because I butcher it and I feel terrible, but <laughs> I will look it up. And link yeah. It. <laughs> I, I, and I was just, I, honestly, I was just practicing it today because I really need to start learning it more because I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. a lot of work with them. But anyways, this tribe is actually the tribe you, when you're in school and you learn, oh, pilgrims come over from the Mayflower. And, and we met these, you know, Native Americans when we came over and, and we had Thanksgiving. This is that very tribe. You know, that is so impressive. And there's a thousand of them left. Wow. That's it. And so we're trying to preserve them as much as we can. So I'm going to be doing this whole big content push with doing a bunch of stuff just to preserve everything they have, all their all their history and, you know, just everything they have to pass down. Because, I mean, a thousand people left isn't very many people, yeah. you know, and you know, honestly, considering the, uh, you know, state that we're in with, uh, you know, various indigenous people throughout this country, mm-hmm. uh, that's a whole nother podcast. And I could maybe anger some people with things I have to say about it, but <laughs> it's a terrible situation. True. And, and, and these, th- this tribe, this tribe is, are fighting people right now to get that bland that is theirs. Mm-hmm. Fight, you know, we, we come over on the Mayflower, they welcome us. And they're fighting us to get back their land. Right. Like, tell me where that makes sense. I know. You know? Totally, totally agree. So <clears throat> that, that's the nice way of putting it. 
Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will post links on this so we can have awareness. But I want to make sure we don't get cut off. So I want to make sure that you are able to tell us all of your social medias that we can find you on. Um, well, honestly, I social media isn't a blind person's game (laughs) right (laughs) but if you go to tornado.org i do have links to all like the tornado social media i don't really have any social media stuff that i use personally i mean i'm on facebook but um if you want to email me you can email jonathan at tornado.org um there's also on the tornado.org if you click on the contact us page I have, okay. I have a WhatsApp button too. And you can literally call me right on WhatsApp through that or message me through WhatsApp on that also. So that's an option. Um, Perfect. And of course yeah. the Embrace, Embrace Your Storm podcast, people should check that out. Yeah, that's on tornado.org. So if you click on the blog tab, you'll see the, the you'll either see blog posts or the podcast posts kind of mixed throughout, you know, the, the kind of stream of content there. So you can find it there. I didn't put it on Spotify and stuff yet. I only have a few episodes out. Okay. I'm waiting to get like at least 10 before I kind of launch it on, on all the other platforms. So if you want to listen to it, you'll just have to go to the kind of straight to the website for right now. To find that it. is great. Well, yeah. Jonathan Nato, I could talk to you for hours. Likewise, likewise, <laughs> like seriously. And I do hope we keep in touch. And I thank you for uh, being willing to show file and scratches at your festival. Absolutely. She's amazing. You know, if, if people think I'm an inspiration, she is, you know, she, she's amazing. So, so thank you for the film that we would never met if it wasn't for that. So exactly, you know, so yeah, thank you again for your time and, and everything that you do on your end and everything you're helping me out with. And again, tornado.org is where you want to check all that stuff out. Thanks for joining us for She Likes to Go Slow. For more info and upcoming podcasts, visit she slow.com.